Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. I don't know if I ever showed you this, but there was a vegan cooking show done by a very, I don't know, is there such a thing as a goth heavy metal guy? There was no goth heavy metal. Oh, dear. He was very underground, scary sounding. He sounded like a demon. Right, but that's not goth. That's like when you start getting into like, I don't know, extreme death or... He was like that. Doom or all the stuff I don't listen to because folks, I love clean vocals. Did you show me that? If that makes me a bad person, then that makes me a bad person. Did you show me that or did I find it on my own? You probably found it. And this was in that point in time where vegans were completely weird and this certainly didn't help anybody make any kind of a case for it. But so he was singing with that like demonic Uh, sound. Yes. And teaching you how to make vegan pad thai. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> In his basement. It wasn't a basement. It was like this underground, like, under in the catacombs. I don't know. It was very dark and mysterious and right. crazy sounding. Right, because that was somehow or another going to popularize veganism. That was just his deal. He was I just, know, and I get it. Because, you know, you, normally you think of vegans as these crazy hippies that are all peace and love. Or then you get the hippies that are very militant. Yes. Like our friend Jingles from Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Or you get the ones that will throw red paint on you. So on the subject of media, I have a confession. Not really a confession because you've been watching this. But I wanted to explain to you what's been going on with me in the past few years. Definitely since 2016. And even before that, I talk about this on our very first show. The fact that... I was noticing a change in our society. I was noticing things getting amped up a lot. Whether it, 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 from every aspect of life, things were getting really amped up. For example, there was a lot of racist stuff that was coming towards me that I never experienced to that degree Mm -hmm. before. Right. And I don't know if it was because we lived in small towns and we kind of still do right now. Um, but this small town we're in, they think they're so, uh, what's the word for it? They think they're so not racist. They think they're so open-minded and educated and they're far from it. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the yoga, the yoga bees. <laughs> anyway, what I've been noticing over the past few years has been this thing with our society and that's one of the reasons we're doing our friendly world is to bring about that conversation at our kitchen table getting back to the art of friendship and reliving that re-educating ourselves on what the art of friendship truly is and we're not here to say this is how you make a friend this is how you keep a friend this is this is how you you know we are saying that but just in the midst of having normal conversations that friends do, 
even though we're married, you and I, we have friends on the show, but even though we're married, we're still friends. We're, we're talking about things that friends would talk about, like mm-hmm. the absurdities of life. And we're trying to figure things out. We are trying to say, did you notice this? Or what's going on with this? Let's figure this out. Or I feel this way right now. And you may not agree. We may fight, you know, which normally is what happens. All these things that I've been noticing more and more. So I found that I decided to isolate myself from a lot of people because I was tired of explaining it to people because we have moved from one teeny tiny town to another and trying to educate people on what it is that I'm picking up on or I'm feeling or Mm -hmm. the way someone speaks to me, they may not know is incredibly racist or hurtful. And then they get all bent out of shape when you try to go through all these huge lengths to not, not offend someone and not say, Hey, you are doing this. I'm saying, you know, have you noticed in our society, like this is said, it's quite hurtful. And then they still get all bent out of shape and say, how dare you? You know, I'm very woke, you know, like whatever. So I feel like, especially since 2016, Mm -hmm. I've become quiet. I feel like I don't really have people to talk to about stuff, which is why I love our podcast because thank you. I feel so heard. This has been the best therapy because I do get to talk even though we fight on the air. But what I've been doing is I've had a surrogate friend all along and I've known from the very beginning that I choose this as my surrogate friend. And that's what our show is about today. The surrogate friend. Surrogate is a noun. The definition is someone who takes the place of another person. You have a different definition. I prefer definition number three, which is a substitute. It doesn't have to be a person. It can be a group. It can be a thing almost. Um, In computer programming, we talk about talking, keeping a rubber duck on your desk. And when you run into a problem, explain it to your rubber duck and maybe things will make sense. So you're using that as a sounding board. It's still taking the place of... Well, yes, absolutely. We're still but talking it's not about the person. same thing. It's not necessarily a person. Well, for me, it feels like a person. Right, but well, human connection is extremely important. Well, yeah. So this is what's happened, and so I want to explain this without getting political, without oh, saying what side of the fence I'm on, whatever. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is, I've noticed this for decades with other people, and why certain TV shows are so popular. Uh, a lot of TV shows that have friends as the main part of it. It could be, the title could be having nothing to do with the friends, but it's really about the relationship friends have. And I feel like over the decades, people have been using, watching these things as vicariously having a friendship by watching these shows. Right. Right? Because you don't have that in real life. We don't. Don't get mad at me. There are the Martines out there. Martine... My friend from France, Martine is, she's a special entity. Everything that you want from having a great friendship that is inspiring to you is my friend Martine. She lives every day to the fullest. She's not afraid. She laughs at danger. 
She laughs at fear. Very rarely has she have I seen her cry, which I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm just saying she just lives <laughs> it up, man. She will live it up. Every day is a party. And I'm not talking like a superficial party either. Every day is a joyous celebration. She makes the best out of every situation. And it's really quite inspiring. So shout out to my friend Martine. Um, so anyway, Martine Merbuti Banks, by the way. So here's here's my confession. Are you ready? I'm actually afraid to say it. That's why I'm prolonging getting to the point. <sighs> okay. So since 2016, all the frustration and all the things that I've noticed over the last two decades, especially things that I would come to you with, Matt, and say, hey, I'm noticing this. And you would say, no, it's really not like that. I think you're getting way too emotional about it. So I feel like, oh, my God, I have no one to talk to about this. When things start happening out in society, things that you have felt throughout all these microaggressions all of a sudden it's out in the open and everyone else well most other people can see it now because it's like now it's there it is there it is for everyone to hear and see and there's no mistaking it and so what i started to do was my surrogate friend would be certain tv shows because i found myself knowingly and quite deliberately going and listening to someone who would have not totally my perspective, but would speak about what I'm feeling because there is no other person. I, I, I don't, it's not like I have a group of people around me where I can confess these feelings that I'm having or I can say, hey, this happened today. Can we analyze this because it's really weighing on me? I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. Can we please figure it out? I need analysis here on what just happened and so i feel like this is why the media the tv social media the news has become what it has become i think it's because we don't have that tribe we don't have that circle we don't have that table to have these heart-to-heart -heart emotional feelings about what's going on that the news has turned into kind of like a surrogate friend social media has turned into the surrogate friend. TV has been the surrogate friend for many people. Now, I would try to say this to people as we were coming up with our matchmaking service and even the thoughts before the podcast started and people would get all bent out of shape and they would take it so personally and they would get so offended mm -hmm. by me just saying that. And I'm not saying you are doing this. I'm saying I've noticed this is what's happening. And I think this is why even the news has become the way it has. I remember listening to the news when I was little. And it was so god-awful boring. Because it was like the, the anchor, he or she would be robotic. No expression. The tone of voice would always remain the same, even keeled away. And they would purely spout out facts only no matter what language it was the words that were chosen were very unemotional it didn't have a side to it right. like you wouldn't say this person was in an earthquake they would say this person experienced an earthquake do you see the difference yeah absolutely was it on purpose or is it just because of a zeitgeisty thing that anchors and newscasters have tried to 
basically just go along with the emotion. And most oftentimes, you know, we talk about this all the time. When you're in a fight, emotion wins over logic. Of course. And that's what's happening. Because people have nobody to talk to. They listen to a certain news show because they need someone else to tell them they're not crazy for feeling what they're feeling. So one side is saying this and then the other side is saying the opposite because Mm -hmm. we're all having different points of views. And we are so addicted to staying within that one feeling because we're not heard for so many years that we don't want to hear anybody else because nobody else has listened to us. I think that's why there is such a divide right now. And that is why people don't want to listen to another side because they're still hungry to be heard. And I'm not saying this side is right or this side is right. I'm just saying on a very basic human level, there is hunger. And I think that that's what happens. And I think that's what has happened. And that there's this surrogate friend now. And it may be good, it may be bad. But I think we're all under a spell now of whatever is said, these words cast a spell upon us. And I think that we're in trouble now. And I think that's why it's important to talk to one another away from these programs and have real conversations, which is what we're about. Right. And that's, of course, the fun part, because I almost won't like to describe a lot of friendships as being fair weather friends. And as soon as there's a challenging conversation, break up. Because I think what we get out of the 24-hour news cycle is we get kind of a non-challenging thoughts and beliefs. Now, I remember hearing that way, way, way back in the day, Walter Cronkite, who people look at as being the newscaster, announced that the Vietnam War couldn't be won. Now, fact or opinion, that's where it gets weird. That was him with his deck of facts making that claim, and I'm sure there were people in the U.S. government who felt the other way. But With his influence. He had influence. He had influence, too, though, which is an interesting thing. But I, I think that with this advent of the CNNs, the Fox Newses, 24 you have to fill 24 hours with quote-unquote news and so you present it you make it as non-challenging to uh, your audience as possible as opposed to if i'm the anchorman on uh, uh or woman on abc news i'm trying to attract everybody if i'm cnn i'm attracting this demographic if i'm fox news i'm attracting that demographic but if i'm You know, ABC, I'm trying to attract way more people. NBC, CBS, I'm trying to attract as many people as possible as opposed to as many people who have these deep-seated beliefs. And one of the things I think that we're seeing inside of people's arguments now when they go to argue a fact is they generally start with, you know, and that's obvious. And that's where they start. They don't actually start by taking an original thought and defending it. They just say it's obvious. And at this point in time, we've kind of let that slide. Well, like I'm saying, we've let it slide because we just need a friend to talk to, to commiserate with. Right. And a non-challenging friend. And that is such a need right there to commiserate. Yes. Because we don't have that. We don't have our family and I'm talking about friends, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have that. So it's it's like they seized on that opportunity 
that weakness and it's not a weakness per se but they it's like they sniff that out and that's what they're going with and they're shaping the whole world like that and i and i want to say i mean i don't know like we haven't traveled in so long i don't know is it like that in france too is it like that in south africa is it like that it i mean is it like that in mexico is it like that i mean all of our friends out there is it like that where you are like has it become a purely emotional thing the news well stirring the emotional pot is certainly power is powerful and you know if i tune in abc news and i'm like oh well that's very interesting but you know it's really not at a convenient time so i'd much rather watch an hour earlier an hour later i guess i'll watch you know uh nbc because then they have their nationwide news an hour whatever and I'm okay with that because I'm still getting similar information. But I'm not feeling that connection and I'm not feeling that emotional stuff. Because let's not forget, as a people, once upon a time, our people hunted saber-toothed tigers. And in order to do such a thing, you need a team. You need a group that's all bonded together for a single purpose. So it's kind of baked into our DNA for self-protection. So we really want these emotional connections and we really need these physical connections to others because man at its heart is a social animal. I feel like what's happened is they know that we are a social animal. So they've created this. Right. And the situation. Right. And I think it started with, if you buy this laundry powder, your clothes will be cleaner. That makes you smarter. But Trust see, us. There, they, this situation has been created, and now the spell that I'm talking about is causing us to just stay here because it's, at the same time, it's, yeah, you're a social animal, so let me feed you this. I'll be the surrogate. But the thing is that you're still separate. You're under the illusion, you're under the spell that you have a community, but you don't. They're trying to sell toasters. But... Also, beyond that, like, let's take, you know, we've forever from the beginning, you and I have been so anti-social media. Like just recently I had to get on Facebook. And if you go on our Facebook for our friendly world, it's really Matt's account. I couldn't figure out how to do it. So like I just switched my name to your name, but it's still your stuff. Like some of your old friends that were that you didn't have that many people following you had like six or nine i don't know mm-hmm. but like i think they were all confused like what right like, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure they all were because yeah, i started I just posting stuff submerged for years and then all of a sudden boom our friendly world hey how's it going right and you know i'm sure some of them are totally bent out of shape i know there's one very conservative guy who's now like oh you know what I mean? Like, cause I'm the one talking, mm-hmm. you know, this non-white woman <laughs> talking about stuff. So w- what I'm saying is they're keeping us separated. There's this illusion that we have this tribe, like with Facebook or Instagram or whatever you have. It just, it's, it's an illusion that you have family, that you have people that care. Right. But right. really, they're trying to sell toasters. They're trying to sell their vegan this and vegan that and their course. I'm trying to sell this course here. That it is so exhausting, honestly. And then you have to keep posting to like be viable, to be out there, to be seen. It's it's honestly it's my least favorite part of doing 
our show. I love our show. I love doing our show. But when it comes down to Sunday night, Monday or Tuesday where I have to post about it. Right. I get so tired and like rushed and not joyful. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's really hard. And I can tell like people are just so superficial. Most people, except for Wendy. Wendy, my sister. <laughs> well, Oh my God. She is amazing. Yes. So, okay. But let's say Wendy it. and others. Wendy and others. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're, they're, <laughs> I'm just talking about my Instagram I or understand. Instagram account. I okay. Cause not that many people know about it. So, and you know, very few people really comment on it. The people who comment are amazing, but it, it just feels like a chore. Honestly, do you know what I mean? To do that. Right. And that's not how it's supposed to be when you have this gathering at the table the table could be metaphoric mm-hmm. you have so much more energy it should not suck your energy right when you're amongst friends and you're sharing ideas and you're sharing your experiences and your thoughts and you're trying to figure things out mm-hmm. it is magnificent and the power is so big i just feel like we're under that spell where we are remaining isolated, that we're not having real conversations in person. And in person doesn't have to be face-to-face. This podcast, I've, I feel like, is in person. I feel like all of our friends that are listening to us, that, that write to us, that talk to us, that call us up about an idea we just talked about, that is amazing. That is a heart-to-heart connection. It is real. I just feel like all these programs are keeping us separate and keeping us at a vibration of hate and anger. Well, yes. And it's controlling us. And please hold that thought. Don't don't forget. And I'm almost done. One other point I wanted to make was, or what I wanted to say was, I think I am now done with my surrogate friend because now I feel like, okay, enough of commiseration. And now I'm saying, oh my goodness. All along I've been seeing, now I see what you've been doing. All along, you've been guiding me to do what you want me to do. So for example, I'm listening to the news and why is it the thing of utmost importance is the supply chain? I understand business is important, but really the most important thing right now is people's health. The most important thing now is what's going on with the climate what is happening with you know there are people who need help that are in earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes fires there are so many things happening why is it the most important thing is getting presents getting all the things you need to shop for that is like on the news that has become the most important thing to make sure you can buy and consume what you want, which leads us to this treat yourself society. Have you noticed that? Like I, I've noticed that this surrogate friend has now been using me and I can see it. You know, I use them too. I needed someone to commiserate with, mm-hmm. but I can see how they're trying to make me buy stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the keenest, clearest measures that we should have with groups is how do you disagree? Do you disagree? If you, if you never disagree, how do you know that you're connected properly, 
quote unquote, properly. It's about how we disagree. It's about disagreeing respectfully as opposed to, well, you're just stupid or trolling or any of those other things. And, and, you know, I know that there are communities. I used to, yeah, I used to belong to a community where people would disagree respectfully. And it was awesome. What was that? (laughs) Shout out to John St. Clair and the build your own arcade controls website. If you sign up there and then you ask for access into their politics board, which I haven't been to in a long time, so I hope it's still the same. Then you have to, you have to write a message to John Zinkler and tell him, or Saint, um, and tell him that you understand the rules of the board, which is basically don't be an a-hole. Okay. Then all of a sudden you get access to this politics board and people would disagree. And you know what? I had my mind changed there by what people had posted because we're a smorgasbord. We're a huge group of people and we're going to disagree. There are people who are so convinced they're right because their grandparents, blah, blah, blah. There's other people who are so convinced they're right because they live in blah, 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 and these people are blah, blah, blah. And there's other people who see these same people as being blah, 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 which is completely different. So it's about how we disagree. And it's about disagreeing. If we don't disagree, if you never disagree, if you never get your mind changed or challenged by the things that you're witnessing, are you growing? Because we need to grow. Everybody needs to grow. Something that I've been talking about lately has been, I wish everybody would use the same deck of facts, period. Left, right, center, green, pink, red, doesn't matter. I wish they all used the same deck of facts. But can we really have the same facts? Well, facts are facts. And now, unfortunately, there's an infinite number of them. But if we ignore some facts in favor of other facts, because that's what people do. You can ignore a whole stack of facts and make your point. I was watching, oh my goodness, what was I watching? I was watching the boys from Top Gear and the old boys from Top Gear. They were talking about, oh yes, and this, that, the other thing. And then... One guy got on another guy was like, yeah, but you were only able to get this many horsepower because you had racing fuel. And then the other guy bounced back with, your car always needs racing fuel. And the one guy said, oh, I was hoping you didn't know that. Because it deflated his argument. Because facts are facts, and that's just it. You make the strongest argument you can, but what's happened today is people ignore facts. Or they they push them to the side. Or maybe in many cases, they don't know it if they're getting all of their facts from one place. It's just what you choose to concentrate on. Okay, I'm going to take it. You're going to get mad at me right now. But bring it back to what you were saying. When you say facts, I always go to racial issues. So let's go back to the spice trade era, right? The Dutch... The Dutch enslaved... First, they killed off most of the people on the islands where they grew nutmeg. All right, this is Indonesia. They killed about 75% of the people, and then the rest of the people that were left, they enslaved. But when you hear about the spice trade and you hear about, oh, the Dutch were great spice traders, the fact is that they were killers, that they were enslavers, they enslaved people. They killed people and stole their property, nutmeg being one of them. But the fact is what? They're spice traders. Which fact do we concentrate on? Do you know what I mean? Which which fact are we going to look at? You look at all the facts. 
You look at as many packs yeah, but as you the get Dutch, your hands on. But, but this company who's now trading these spices, mm-hmm. the fact is they're spice traders. My fact would be they're killers. Right. But they're both true, and you need to pay attention to both. But one side will never concentrate on the other truth. Well, that's... And that's the point, though, is is both sides need to. Like, I just recently found out a whole bunch of, not a whole bunch. Of course I recently we found need out to. Two messed up things. You ready? I'm ready. So I get emails because I have a very common email address. Uh, I get emails that aren't meant for me all the time. So how many thousands of Matthew Andersons are there in the world? Because you've got Matthew Andersons in the UK, in the United States, in Australia. Yes. Probably. South Africa. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go on. All over the place. And so there's a coach. They too. all come to you. <laughs> Anyways, so I recently started, recently, like the past six months, I got emails from a company because there's a Matthew Anderson who's an employee. Turns out, um, yeah, they were supporters of Nazis back in the day, supposedly. Hectic. That's just it. There's a lot of facts out there. And as facts come to light, we need to figure out what to do with them. So I get emails from a variety of sources. And one of them is a company that, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. I recently found out that this company, um, yeah, was wholehearted supporters of Nazis back in the day. And I know if you go ahead and Google, there's a fashion company supposedly that was. There's a computer company that supposedly was. Uh, and there's there's companies in other countries where, like, Founders of companies were Nazi sympathizers back in the day. Uh, there are other companies who manufactured stuff that was in use by, you know, East German agents. Da, 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 da. And as we discover these facts, we need to figure out what to do with them. Honestly, as a, an American discovering, you know, hearing about the Manifest Destiny, which was it was the it was the right of all the settlers to take all this land because it wasn't. I don't know, properly being used? I don't know what the right arguments are. It's I, that I learned entitlement about that very dispassionately thing. in elementary school. I'm sorry, say that again. What? I learned about all I learned about manifest destiny very dispassionately. Yes. Uh, in elementary school. And I still remember there was a painting of the Trail of Tears, which if you really take a moment and like I say, spend a brain cell on and really ponder what that is, that was messed up. But this picture that was created, this painting where they describe it, looked like well-dressed people. One was in a wagon, and they were just going to from somewhere in the south to Oklahoma, to their reservation in Oklahoma. And it kind of def- it deflated the argument that this was, a, this was a horrific thing that happened. First of all, it's barely a paragraph. First of all, I was, was never taught that. that. I mean... Right. It, you can spend a whole master's degree on the Trail of Tears. Well, yes. Like, you know what I mean? But, and but and I all s- we got was me. I, I didn't even get that, by the way. Thank God, by some miracle, like, I get information. I'm able to teach our kids. But all I heard, all I probably saw was that painting you were talking about in school. Mm-hmm. It was never talked about. Right. Right. And and that's just it. There's so many gosh darn facts. And, you know, you need to... F- figure it out and figure it out for yourselves and because you always say this history is told by the victors absolutely and i say the history is told by the bullies who take over stuff right and everybody else is a savage yes you know unhuman unhuman not human so in killing them it's no big deal right 
ridiculous. And then, of course, we do take moments to pause and say, yes, but Sacagawea helped Lewis and Clark. And oh the first God. Thanksgiving was with the Indians who helped the pilgrims. And it all seems rather pleasant until you realized how many, quote unquote, Indians, Native Americans, first people, whatever you want to call uh, them, had to get pushed out of the way so that I could have my tobacco plantation or whatever it is. So this is a really important topic. Again, one that needs to be discussed fully by really educated people, by people whose ancestors have gone through this and hopefully they have stories. I feel like we're going to do it an injustice mm -hmm. by moving to the other thought that I had. Please forgive me. But can we veer off to what I was trying to say about us being under a spell right now and how they, the surrogate friend has become this force that is now trying to manipulate you to do certain things. Right. We were talking about consumerism. It reminds me of when there is a neglected child, when a parent, you know, have you seen those parents that have no time for their children? They're always working. They barely are present where they're in the same room even. You're not fully present. You're not seeing each other. You're not hearing each other. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's become our society. And what I'm about to describe is like the parent-child dynamic of buying a child stuff to replace the fact that there wasn't attention placed upon this child. So if you don't have time or if you don't have the bandwidth to really be present for your child, you just buy your child things. This is what wealthy people who can do that do, right? Right. You just, you just get them stuff. Right. And I feel like the American society has kind of gone to that where we're experiencing all this trauma instead of fixing it, instead of talking about it, instead of healing it and getting to the core and being present with what's truly bothering everyone. We're saying, treat yourself. I deserve this. And it's that entitled mentality that has taken over our society. Like, I deserve this. We, we don't think it a big deal when we turn on the, the light switch and there's electricity, there's light. We don't think it's a big deal to just go to the sink and turn on the water. And water, clean water, well, not everybody has clean water. Most of us don't. There's all kinds of stuff Anyways. in water. Don't get me don't get that. her started please. don't get me started on that but what i'm saying is there's water do you know what i mean there right. or the fact that there's water on the planet or that we have oxygen to breathe don't take that for granted but we have this entitlement that has become such a barrier for us to really connect with one another because stuff has taken the place of having true connection so you know yeah now we're watching the news and to make us feel better go buy this oh the the world is burning let's fix the supply chain so you can buy stuff what i'm trying to get at is the treat yourself society treat yourself where is that coming from and how is that bringing us closer together i think it's creating more isolation treat yourself me 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 right don't be challenged don't be disagreed with comfort and it's the american dream to have everything that you want. It's the American dream. It's like it's like the slogan that we hear all the time. Everybody wants to come to the United States. It's the American dream. Is it? What, what kind of dream is it? Where we're not even a family? 
We're always fighting. There are always shootings. The fact is most people are lonely. Most people don't even know how to sit together and be comfortable together. It's all about their bubble, their space. How did major consumerism come in and why? I'll tell you why. I think it's to keep you separate. It's to keep you satiated when what you really need is a friend. What you really need is companionship. And what you really need is to have a talk about how you're feeling. What you really need is to express what you've been through. Advertising grew from a need for a company to grow, consume. And it has transmorphed into how do we manipulate people into doing what we want them to do, which is consume more. And certainly the economy is better when money's circulating through and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, and have you noticed when there's a time of fear, they use fear to sell. If you look at most commercials, if you don't get this, you're not going to have a good life. They put a fear factor in there. So you need that product. There's always an element of fear in most commercials. Always big words. It's tricky that way, but certainly a lot of the marketing that happens for those of you who don't, when you have a little kid, when you have a, you know, a baby is your baby keeping up with all the other babies <laughs> and their commercialism does play right on into that. Like if you don't get your kids this access to this website or you don't get them these books or you don't play with them a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and everything's about your child and the chart. There's a growth and a weight and height chart. There's a cognitive whatever chart. And it's all just fear, fear, fear. A lot of it. I mean, it's everywhere. It is, if you don't get into this certain university, you'll never make it in life. Mm-hmm. You know, universities have commercials and in ways you don't even suspect that you're hearing a commercial. Like I said, it's all a spell that we're under. A lot of it is, absolutely. And the thing is, the spell would be broken if we actually got together and spoke. Right. Like how we're speaking now, but more of us talking. Like yes. I wish I wish our friends who listen to us could join in on the show and mm-hmm. we could have a conversation. Right. And maybe disagree respectfully, which would be a really good thing. Exactly. Because we don't. There's not enough disagreeing respectfully it's all gotten very nasty well because we're not heard yet we're not like i said we're it's i'm still hungry absolutely and it's also because we do have a certain element of anonymity so that affords us the opportunity to just be a complete a-hole that's very robotic like it's all algorithms and everything created by some companies like facebook who are you really talking to right yeah, who are you really talking to? How are you being curated? How are you being manipulated? Being manipulated. Anyway, we just went totally off off I... off the subject. But what I was saying was sometimes there's a surrogate friend and you have to understand it's a surrogate friend, it's a substitute, and you may need that and that suits its purpose. For me, the purpose was I needed to com- commiserate. I just needed that. And as soon as I felt fueled enough by that, but not fueled to the point of a rage where I'm brainwashed, I started to see other things like, oh my God, what? You you want me to buy, buy, buy constantly? Like, that's your point? I'm here to make the world better. Luckily, by the grace of some force out there, I was able to see it and catch myself 
you know, and know that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I desperately needed someone to have the same thoughts that I was having. So I don't feel as crazy for having the thoughts I'm having Mm -hmm. to have it be bounced back a little bit back Mm -hmm. and forth. That's what I needed. We have to be really careful. That's it. I don't even know how to bring this around. I mean, I really just wanted to have the surrogate friend saying, you know, it's needed. I just feel like we totally took it to an evil conspiracy. Like the world is so messed up right now kind of deal. And it's not it. But what I'm trying to say is like, Let's just have conversations together. Right. Let's you don't have need conversations. Let's disagree respectfully. Let's challenge each other respectfully and hopefully grow as a people. Surrogates should be for a little bit of time. Yes. There's the Well, surrogates idea. can be helpful for a, a limited amount of time. Yes. Yeah. So you, you need, I mean, I, I just, I just caught myself saying you don't need a surrogate. You do need a surrogate sometimes. Sometimes. And it's beneficial sometimes so that's it um how do we make this happy before we go that's a great question thanks for dumping that on my lap (laughs) how do we make it happy um how to make it light just know that i mean certainly for me i don't agree on a political spectrum with a majority of my friends and we touch and on these subjects and we talk about these subjects and I hear the frustrations and the not frustrations and I think it helps me understand where they're coming from that I listen and then because I listen, they listen to my side. We may still completely disagree and be at loggerheads, but I'm not aggressively trying to make this person change their mind i'm not aggressively trying to express my rage at you know their raw stupidity because i don't feel that way because i respect my friends because i love my friends and you know it's about everybody all the people in the conversation growing and with me i would like i just want to be quiet i'm so tired of talking about trying to express what i see do you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. not tired of talking the podcast. I'm tired of explaining. And I I just want peace and no arguments for a while. Honestly, I just want quiet. Mm-hmm. I want to eat and drink and enjoy enjoy the earth and clean things up. Right. Quietly. That's what I want to do. Right. You want to eat. You want to drink. You want to heal. I get it. Yeah, heal. And, I get and it. And heal and help each other heal. Right. And I think that's where I want to close it off. Is there anything else you want to add? Nope. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. Please go to our website, ourfriendlyworldpodcast.com. There's a little donate button. Any few pennies, whatever, will help us so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Seriously, love to all of you. We appreciate you so much. Love you. And we'll talk to you in just a few days. Or before that, if you reach out to us, okay? Thank you. Bye. Be well.